Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three. I know I posted the other day on my social media about having a new episode, but to be honest, holidays are a little rough after you have lost loved ones, and I'm sure many of you understand that, and I really just haven't felt up to anything, to be honest. Um, so this is the reality of things. It's just I've been in a cranky mood because my husband and brother are dead, and they should be here for the holidays. Yeah. That's just the blatant truth. So I wasn't even going to put up decorations, but my wonderful son convinced me. And so that has helped a little bit, I must admit. Uh, grief is just like this. Uh, it's said to be like waves in an ocean in one of the books that I read. And you'll get this huge swell and it'll take you over and then it'll kind of go back out to sea for a little while. So the last few days, just been kind of hit with one of those waves and the calm will come. It will, just as it always does, um, but I have to do things that will help that calm come and keep that calm with me. So how do we do this? How do we get over these little grief bursts, as a dear friend of mine calls them? Um, we channel that energy into something else. So that's what I'm going to be doing with this episode. For the last three years, and honestly, ever since I met Neil, I have felt that things were happening to me that I simply had no control of. And I am not good with lack of control, those of you that know me. So I've been thinking about things that I can control. And I can control speaking out and telling the truth about events or decisions or actions that happened over these past, what, 12, 15, 17 years. Things that had a very big effect on me, on my family, on my world. So today's episode is focusing on one of these situations. It is one of uh, multiple nasty things that were said about me on a certain Facebook post made by one of Neil's kids. And one episode, I am going to hit that entire post, word for word, point by point. But today, we're going to focus on a decision that I made after Neil died. Why wasn't his ex allowed at the wedding? Dun, dun, dun. So, oh my goodness, y'all. I just realized that I said why she wasn't allowed at the wedding. <laughs> no, I mean, she's not coming to any wedding either, but this was about why she's not allowed at the funeral. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. <laughs> so there were only three people on this list of who I would not allow to walk through those doors at the funeral. Two who had used their power to assassinate my character and end my career at a certain school. And the third person being his ex-wife, whom I would not allow because Neil and I had had such explosive experiences with her and such hateful feelings that I would never allow her presence at my husband's final memorial. So let's take a trip down memory lane today and let y'all understand why that decision was made. Because, you know, cheating on Neil, getting pregnant by another man, leaving him with tons of debt, no, that wasn't enough of a reason for me to keep this person out. Nope, it's time to be real. As I get going, let me mention that I am only retelling stories that I know the facts about. This stuff actually happened to me, happened to Neil, and he told me about it. Some of this is even on record as testimony in a court of law. No joke. 
And the only reason I'm putting it out there is, like I said earlier, I am defending myself from the attack on me via this October 19th Facebook posting. It is time to put facts out there, and this is what happens when you throw lies out and about about other people, even when you block those other people that you are lying about, is going to get back to them. And those people, me, in this situation, I'm going to find a way to get the truth out. And that truth is only going to bite you in the butt. That's what you need to learn. The truth will always come out. I'm going to start with a couple of comedic stories regarding this individual because I was reminded about them thanks to Facebook memories. It also kind of allows a more full picture of someone that has truly made my life and Neil's life hell. But there were some things we could lump about. So what came up on my Facebook memory was Hugh Idiots. Not huge idiots, but Hugh Idiots. What the heck is that, you may say? <laughs> well, exactly. And this phrase actually combines two stories. And they are the gift that keeps on giving. Because me and my friends call each other Hugh Idiots to this day. And Neil and I would always be like, stop being such a Hugh Idiot. <laughs> and it was amazing. So, all right. So throughout our marriage, I was witnessed my wonderful husband's less than stellar relationship with his ex. It was horrible. To this day, I can scroll through Pumpkin's phone or look at his emails and just be reminded of this hatred being spewed. Contrary to what some claimed after he was killed, like his kids being told that Neil had texted Happy Mother's Day to this person. No, he had no positive feelings towards her. It's all BS. Total lies. This man was even contemplating missing his youngest daughter's high school graduation celebration because he couldn't stomach the thought of being in pictures with this person. And I had to convince him to attend for his daughter's sake. So, zero positive feelings between these people. Anyway, so many instances of this fighting are on emails and text messages, name calling. And one of these oh, is coming back to me. It was around the time of the boys playing soccer, and I was friends with all the parents on the team. My son had been with the same group of, group of boys for like a decade. Shout out to the Fry Cooks. And Neil and his son joined when we met. Anyway, some argument about Lord knows what had happened, and her response was emailing him and telling him to go ahead, tell all his other parents how crazy she was, and then she said that he was such an idiot. Yes. Idiot, E-D-I-O-T. I'm like, huh, because we all have typos. But then it was repeated multiple times, all saying you're such an idiot. So we thought that was pretty comical. And we use that often, but the cherry on top was when we could add hue to it. So this story, OMG. So the ex was friends with the parents of a friend of her daughter's. And... Bless her soul, the mother passed away. And this ex then befriended the husband. Okay, so the widow. Well, someone somehow thought it was a good idea to have a garage sale. That sounded weird. Garage sale. And put all the dead woman's clothing in this garage sale. Now, I know every widow's journey is different. Perhaps money was needed. Perhaps the spouse couldn't bear to look at his late wife's clothing anymore. I get it. I'm not judging that. But 
I mean, we all make mistakes and being a new widow, your mind just isn't right. But I will just say this. You would never see me garage selling my man's clothing and you definitely would not see me doing it in combination with some other man. It just wouldn't happen. So Neil's ex and this guy combo garage sale with these items and some other items. But here's the kicker. I don't know why I had to tell you guys all of that, but here's the kicker, the humor in all of it. I'm driving down Medcalf, which is the main road near our homes, and I start seeing signs for said garage sale. Address was on it, so I know it was this garage sale. Now, while you and I would make signs encouraging people to come to a huge garage sale, no, no, this one was special. It was a huge garage sale. H-U-G-H. We are talking multiple signs, y'all, on the main road around here. I couldn't believe it. Well, I kind of couldn't believe it. But, like, there were multiple people at that house making these signs. Did no one notice there? And when you put the signs up and you're looking at them like, okay, is anything blocking the view? Can cars see this? You don't notice it? So then my husband and I started referring to people as Hugh idiots. <laughs> and it does. I mean, it still makes me laugh, obviously, like 15 years later. But... Those little stories, I mean, that's just dumb little stuff, okay? And while there was dumb name-calling, funny things like Hugh Idiot, those things are never going to make me ban someone from a funeral. No. It's the other not-so-funny stories that make my decision about this funeral. And I could talk about the time that this person had broken up with the next man, the one that she cheated on Neil with. She had moved in with him. They may or may not have gotten married. I don't even know now. Can't keep track. But then they broke up and she had moved out, but she just moved right down the street from him. And she decided it was a good idea to go to his place while he was not home and just take stuff. And the kids tell us about this. They come home and they tell us about how they snuck into this house with their mom. They took a couch. They took some tools, among other things. But the kicker is this, and I cannot make this up. They told us, and then we had to drive over there to see for ourselves. They told us that she had dug up the hostas from the yard and planted them at her place right down the road. Yes, hostas, the plants. Like, what? I mean, to top it all off, she called the kids out of school for this. I mean, not all of them, but at least two of them that were telling us the story. Like, serious? Not the hostas? Oh, my goodness. Of course, this shouldn't really have shocked me because I already had experienced her, I guess, maybe obsession with plant life at ex-husband's houses. Early in our relationship, I got a phone call from Neil. His ex had come to his house. I can't remember why. But I do remember all four children were with her, ages two to like maybe 12. I'm not sure how old the oldest was. Were left in the minivan in the driveway. She comes in the house. Not sure what they were fighting about this time, likely money. But she decided that she was going to go dig up a tree from the backyard and take it with her. See, it wasn't enough that she had used Neil's money and credit cards to go buy stuff and then hide all kinds of stuff for her house that she was moving into with her lover. Yeah, you heard me right. Things that we would end up 
paying off. And yeah, I know this to be true because I took over all of the finances when Neil and I got together. And I worked hard for to make a budget for us. And for decades, we lived on a pretty tight budget, honestly, paying off those things and medical bills and other crap, thanks to her. No, no. But that was enough. That was not enough. She needed that Japanese fur at the bottom of the steps of the deck. I think it was Japanese fur. Now, I and most of you are probably aware that you don't just run down and dig up a tree. But bless her heart, there she went, shovel in hand, went at it. Shocker, it didn't work. So up those steps she came, and Neil's neighbor then witnessed her anger being taken out on the screen door, slashing that screen door with a shovel. Cannot make this up, folks. And it doesn't stop there. She comes in the house, yelling at Neil, and oh, Lord, did he then piss her off. She brings up me. And Lord Jesus, I'm telling you, I was definitely not liked by this woman from the jump. She'd already asked another neighbor about me, going so far as to say I was a bigger girl, quote, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, according to Neil, she was angry and yelling at him about our relationship. Even though she was the one that had cheated and moved out and moved in with this other guy. But God forbid Neil be in a relationship with me. Now, my recollection of what she said to Neil was something like, oh, I bet now you're going to say you're in love with her. And his response, well, actually, yeah, I do love Beth. So she slapped him in the face. Yeah, hit him. Then took out, took off out the front door, took off in the minivan, whole time the kids were out there in the car, and that's when Neil called me. I told him right then, report this to the police. And I know y'all might think that's a little crazy. And I'll admit he didn't really want to report it. And I did push him. I had my reasons for wanting this on record because I had this gut feeling in the short time, even then, that I had watched this relationship and I had watched her behavior and heard about the behavior. I just had a feeling this was not the last time that she was going to put her hands on him. And boy, was I right. Having this on record that time at his house, that enabled us when something else happened to show that it was not her first offense. Now, second offense, well, story I'm about to tell y'all about the next time she put her hands on him. Circle up, kids, crisscross applesauce, get a drink or whatever you need to, and let's do this. As one individual would say, picture this. <laughs> it's March 2013. Neil and I surprised my son with a fun poker party at my parents' clubhouse for his 16th birthday. Lots of his friends come. The dads are like dealing the cards at the table, showing them how to play poker. It was just a great time. Luckily, afterwards, my children went home with their father because around 1.30 uh, a.m., we're in bed. Neil gets a phone call, and it's one of his daughters, who I think at the time may have been around 14 or 15. Well, she had gotten into a fight with her mom, and her mom had kicked her out of the house. It was cold weather, late at night, and she had walked from her mom's up to the local high school parking lot, and that's where she was calling Neil from, and she asked him to come get her. Her brother and little sister were still at the mom's house. Of course, Neil jumped up, 
sprung into action, went to go get his kid to safety. I did not hear from Neil for a very long time. And this is what had happened, according to testimony and according to Neil telling me. So he goes to pick her up, and he is told by his daughter about extremely erratic behavior being shown by the mom. She and the mom were fighting, and the mom said to her, (laughs) yelling at her, that she is not Pocahontas. Nope, that's right. You are not Pocahontas. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only that, you think you're stripes, but you're solids. Maybe it was you think you're solids, but you're stripes. Either way, (laughs) it made no sense. And these are the details that were told later in court under oath by this daughter. So the mom kicks the daughter in the house after that fight, and that's where Neil comes in. He felt that his other children were not safe at the house, having heard about this erratic behavior. So he goes to the house to get them to safety. The son comes out, and he has a story of his own about he and the mother fighting between the two of them. He comes out to the car without hesitation, and I can't tell you about that fight. He talked about it under test, under oath, but I don't remember it, to be honest. So he comes out without hesitation. But there's still one child left in the house, the youngest daughter of Neil. So Neil goes to the door, and of course, he's being screamed at by the mom. He is careful not to enter the home. He stays outside the house. He's holding the screen door open while he's yelling up the stairs to the youngest child, telling her to get out to the car. Now, imagine the mom is screaming, the daughter's scared, the dad's yelling at the girl to come outside, but he's trying to focus on the child. Then it happens. She starts punching him in the face. He's taking the punches, knowing that he cannot hit her back, still focused on getting the child out. And meanwhile, the other daughter calls 911 from the car and says, my mom is beating up my dad. The police come, and I don't remember their testimony, so I'm not going to comment on it, but needless to say, she was taken away right then and there. And that's when Neil called me and said, I'm bloody, but I'm okay. And I was like, what the hell? And we got home, he told me this whole story. This was the beginning of months and months of legal battles, interviews, custody issues, that all led to us getting full custody of the kids and her then being found guilty in a court of law. So yeah, um, didn't really think that I would ever even be put in the position of having to tell someone that the person who literally assaulted my husband is now welcome at his funeral. Like, honestly, it was shocking to me that anyone would think that this would be appropriate. And that's without me even going into detail about what she's done to me, lies about my family, a comment she made on social media regarding my dead brother, or the drink she threw at me when Neil and I tried to meet with her and her new man to discuss co-parenting. But she got mad, so she literally, like a TV show, throws a drink on me, runs out to the parking lot, Neil and the guy run after her, I just went and sat at the bar because I was like, I don't even know how to handle this person anymore. And then the bartender says to me that she is outside screaming so loud, he is going to have to call the police unless I go out and calm them down. I was like, oh, no, boo, go ahead. It's not the first time and the last time, I'm sure, that the police are going to be called on her. 
So yeah, that those that's just a few of the things that she even did to me. But you guys get the picture. This is why she was not welcome. And these aren't made up stories. These aren't just typical, oh, people get divorced, then they get mad at each other and they get in fights. No, 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 no. This is someone who brought chaos to my husband's world, to my world, to my family's world. And it doesn't have to be that way. My ex and I went through our our hard times for sure. But you know where we ended up? We ended up with him loving and appreciating Neil. I love and appreciate his wife. We do holidays together with our children. We would do sporting events. We would sit in the stands together in support of our children. He was there to hug and support me at Neil's funeral. I was there to hug and support him after his amazing toast at our daughter's wedding a couple of weeks ago. That is how you move beyond a divorce. You do not end up putting your hands on someone and going to jail. That's not how we roll. Now, perhaps, let me put on a different cap here. Perhaps this person has since found Jesus and is completely different now. Okay, perhaps help has been achieved and and she doesn't behave that way anymore. She doesn't treat people that way anymore. That would all be great. It'd be a lovely outcome from over a decade of hell. And as an outsider looking in from way far away, because I do not have contact with any of these people. But the last I saw, heard, the last impression I got, let's just say that, was that they do have a better relationship now. And I mean, I guess that's what's best, right? You want kids and their mom to have a relationship. So who knows? I will tell you this. When anyone does these type of things to me, to the man I love, to my family, you just do not then deserve the honor of being anywhere near him to say goodbye when he dies. Not going to poison that day. Not going to put you in that space. However, I guess I should say I should have maybe allowed her to come because honestly, y'all probably would have came back to life and hopped up just to kick her ass out of that funeral. So, hey, maybe I should have let her come. Maybe it would have shocked him back to life. No, that's terrible. I shouldn't say that. I also think everyone knows now and knew at the time that I myself was in no mental space, like, to be able to handle all that, to handle her being there, not knowing how I was going to react. Just it would not have ended well for either of us. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, that it, it feels like a lifetime ago. And I tell you, when I look around my house and I see pictures and and I remember walking in that Sunday, af- I'm sorry, that Monday after the wreck on Sunday, and I looked at our wall of pictures and saw like our family pictures and this, that, and the other. I literally had that feeling, that moment, and a lot of times I still to this day, that none of that was real. That like I, I didn't actually live through all that. We didn't actually live through all that. Like it was this fake alternate, I don't know. I can't even describe it, but we did. We lived through it. And you know what? At times, oh, it really, really made it hard for me and Neil. Ex issues, stepkid issues, all of it could have broken us, but it didn't. No matter what, we stood together through the drama. We made it to the other side together, stronger. And it was hard, really, really hard. And right when we became empty nesters, 
all the drama had kind of settled down. Ah, he's killed. Ah, the one person, in all honesty, that handled things calmly, that avoided drama, that accepted people back in his life, that had treated him horribly, and even disowned him. That is the guy that loses his life? That's not how karma is supposed to work. Is karma even a real thing? I mean, I'm still waiting honestly to see it play out regarding this person and others that did him so wrong. But we all know karma is a guy on the cheese. <laughs> I just had to do it. I just had to do it. You knew it was coming, y'all. So that's a few of the real stories for why decisions were made about that person not being allowed at the funeral. And can you guys blame me? I mean, honestly, can you blame me? All right, y'all. That, that's, that's a lot. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. But I'm going to wrap it up with this. Neil and I spent way too much energy on this negativity. And I know that now. Looking back, it's one of my biggest, biggest, biggest regrets. I allowed it to poison me for years and years. And it still gets me so revved up, pissed off, and blah, the hurt feelings and the anger. And I regret it so much that these people, these situations took away from our joy, now knowing that the time of our joy was so limited. And after Neil died, they still kept at it and kept doing things and saying things that we'll get into that later. But my sweet angel Mark, my brother, he told me after Neil's death and I was going through all this crap, he told me, it's just noise. All of it was just noise. My brother, fighting for his life every single day, had the perspective of all the mess caused by these people. It was just noise. This is tattooed on my arm now, along with love ya mama, because that's what Mark always said to me. And this tattoo is important to me because it's a constant reminder not only of how much my brother loved me, and not only like all the noise I've lived through, and I made it through, but also a reminder that when things happen and you feel like your world is crumbling around you, I remember thinking everything was school, that I, how was I going to get up and go the next day? But now, get some perspective. And I'm saying that to myself too, just like I started this podcast off with, oh, I've had bad days and I'm sad. And I mean, I, right now, get some perspective. Is it really that bad? Is it? Yeah, it hurts that people are gone. But I'm alive. I mean, or people that are upset about their job, or they're upset because they're tired or whatever, or you had a dumb fight with your loved one. Oh my gosh, like Neil and I used to do. Is it really that bad? Get some perspective and think about is someone fighting for their life? Are you about to lose or maybe have you just lost a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, an uncle, an aunt, a son, a bonus dad, a child? If you answer no to any of the, to those questions, then my friends, it is all just noise. I give so much love to everyone that's listening and I want to thank you all for letting me be real. Have an amazing, amazing, blessed day.